0: Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Hi, this is Ross Baton here with Roleplaying Public Radio. This is RPPR episode 65, here in the long haul. And with me, as always, is Tom. You know that you actually sound like this when you talk. Yeah, I know. That could be considered a disease. Well, not anymore, because now I'm going to talk normal. Um, that was a quick recovery time. I know, because that that's what we do. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about doing horror campaigns, uh, I know we haven't done m- many of them uh, recently here at RPPR, but uh, we picked up some, you know, words of wisdom or whatnot. Uh, there's some differences between doing a horror campaign and doing a horror one-shot, and so we, we thought we'd go into that, yeah. given the season and all that. So It is the season to carve scary pumpkins and toy paper houses. Yeah. Uh, first off, though, we have some news for the podcast uh we are in uh, uh still being sponsored by audible uh audible podcast uh whatever you want to call it uh they are uh, uh giving away a, a free two-week trial for their uh audio, audiobook so if you like that you need to uh get on over to audiblepodcast.com slash role playing and get a free audiobook and a 14-day trial with that and they have over 85,000 titles and uh wouldn't be surprised if they have uh, more of Patton Oswald's work I mean. oh
1: man I would yeah I would say that uh, if you're gonna read a book written by a comedian yeah the best way to do it's the
0: audiobook as read by the comedian it's so much better right right uh, they also have uh, work such as Lovecraft's work uh, that's been converted I mean 85,000 titles. I mean there's a lot there you can get there so if you uh, uh, you know if RPPR is enough to satiate your needs for listening to things uh, then you uh, can head on over there. I know Tom's a big fan of it. Yep, I've used it several times. Never had a problem. Right. So, um, but in big RPPR news, uh, well, first off, we also have uh, Zombies of the World. It's still on sale for the rest of this month. We are going to... I have realized, I haven't offered this before because I'm I'm just... Monster? Yeah, monster. Uh, But I will autograph copies of Zombies of the World if you request that. Uh, So if you want to buy it... uh, Go to zombiesworld.com slash the dash book, and uh, I will uh, get you a copy. Just mention it in the comments when you pay for it on PayPal, and I'll autograph. I'll get the RBVR group to autograph. Yeah, we've it. had
1: several orders of that. People yeah.
0: wanting the autographs of everyone in our group. Yeah, so uh, we've shipped them on off, and uh, that's collector. We'll, we'll do item. that even after the sale. Just uh, you know, that's a collector's one. item, my friend. <laughs> I know, right? So just think, a couple years from now you to be glad you have that exactly. When I'm, when I'm, I'll be huge, bigger than Lady Gaga or something. Well, maybe not that big, but something. Maybe Gaga 2.0. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, we are also. Uh, I've also been doing a lot of blog posts on the uh, website. I'll be g- talking more about that in the shout-outs, But I, I uh, put up some essays, put up some articles. So if you're uh, in a zombie mood, that's the uh, zombiesworld.com is the place to go. Just in case you're wondering, and the PDF's two ninety nine. Just in case just in case you're wondering, Ross is always in an un- undead kind of mood. Exactly. Uh PDF's two ninety nine. How can you say no to that? How can you say no to that? You cannot. So easy, even a zombie could do it. Exactly. I mean, there are many intelligent species of zombies. But, well, not many, but some.
1: So am I starting something like the caveman where a zombie's like Not Cool.
0: Exactly. Alright, I'm uh, sorry. Uh but finally the big news is that we're gonna be having another RPPR ransom project. Uh now the New World campaign is over, so uh, what we're going to be doing is a brand new game. I thought of the idea at Gen Con this year when I ran a, I think, 10 or 11 person game. It was competitive. It was a battle royale. Everyone's trying to kill each other. Like No one's ever done a real competitive RPG before. Everyone trying to kill one another. Like That would be fun. Like a rules-like kind of beer and pretzel game. Uh, so I've come up with a title for it called Splosion. And uh, we're going to set up a ransom. The old, there's There's a link in the show notes that you can click on. And, of course, we're going to have preview actual play episodes, so if you're an AP fiend, like so many of you out there, uh, you'll be able to download uh, 10 new episodes before any- and listen to them before anyone else. I mean, all the episodes are released for free eventually, but uh, you'll get them months months in advance, and uh, that includes a six-part Slenderman campaign set in the World of Darkness with Changeling. Um, I the campaign fell apart after the sixth session, but there's six sessions there that I think went went really well. So, and it's a horror campaign. Yeah. So, right.
1: um, or among others, you'll you'll get to listen to a real piece of crap I did. Yeah. So, uh, you, if you want to, if like, you want to hear me run a game where, uh, like, where I basically I basically did tw- twenty minutes of planning. You'll you will be entertained from here till eternity. I I promise you.
0: Yeah, we also well, also have a Delta Green game, Victim of the Arts, um, Caleb's Berlin game, and let's see. So that's six eight. Uh, I'm pay, I'm still picking the last couple games, but there'll be ten altogether. Uh, but that's not the only rewards we're going to be doing for this. There're going to be multiple levels of rewards. Um, in fact, in this since this is going to be a brand new game, I'm not writing for an existing system like Dungeons and Dragons. I'm going to be creating my own system. Uh, this needs require you know some play testing. So anyone who contributes ten dollars or more, or there there's many reward levels where you can get access to the playtest rules. And when you get access, access to the playtest rules, you'll have a month to play around with them and send feedback to me so I can incorporate them for the final PDF. Uh, so uh, you'll be able to get your hands on... Uh, uh, and your name's in it. Yeah, and your name will be in it as listed one of playtesters, of course. Uh, or whatever name you want, if you want to go by a nickname or whatever, that's fine. Uh, yeah,
1: well, some, you know, most nicknames. I'm sure there are some we're probably going to... Yeah, we
0: have veto of them, you know. Um no one named Steve, you know. I'm He's, sorry. Ross is very sensitive about that. Yeah. Steve
1: killed his dog.
0: No, if it's a real name. If it's a real name, it's fine. But if you have the nickname Steve, I'm not cool with that. He
1: doesn't like that
0: at I know. All. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't see it, but one of his eyes is twitching. Exactly. Uh, but there is also uh some if you're if you're big if you're big dollar spender if you want to make it rain uh we're going to have some high level contributions uh, for $100 you can tell me what you want me to post on you can run rppr ap for a week In that sense you can tell me what ap you want on the site you can write the show notes if you want uh you can listen to it ahead of time if you want to uh within reason um and so you can uh, say yeah i want a clips phase next run give me a phase uh, well, think of the
1: power you yeah. would have at your fingertips at that point. exactly
0: well no the ultimate thing though is for 200 uh you can tell control the rppr group for a week and you can tell us what to play and then post uh i will any most any, and it can be a game system we haven't played before uh, something we're not familiar with now we i will have a final veto vote so no fatal i'll say that right off the bat not, even, not just because of the cut of its, like, just how horrible it is, but because of how horrible the rules are. Uh, but if you want us to suffer through Phoenix Command, I mean, we'll, we'll try that. If or you want Sailor to, Moon. Or Sailor Moon, yeah. Or Made, the RPG. Or, uh, yeah, Teenagers from Outer Space. Or uh, Ross wouldn't have
1: to buy in a book for that one. I, I actually have it. Right,
0: exactly. Um, or if you want us to do World of Darkness, if you want to do us, uh, tell us what game uh, you want us to play through, and we'll do it. So, uh, we're shameless. We'll we do we, we are. So I'll buy a new rule book if I have to. Right. I mean, for $200. Yeah, sure. Right. Ross uh, doesn't give a fuck. I, I, oh, well I do for the listeners. Cause seriously, you guys are awesome. I mean, you're, you're,
1: oh you, you guys, man. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. You guys are cool. I mean, we have listeners. We're very international too. I was just contacted by a listener from Norway. That was like awesome. So
1: Ross loves Norway. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that's like, how many times do you talk to people from Norway?
1: I would not if it had not been for this podcast. In exactly.
0: Group. Like, yeah, that's... I know the people in Norway... Like, it, I talk to people in Norway all the time. They're jerks, but, you know... Uh, Ooh. Well, I'm just saying... Oh, Ross. They're, they're, they're so blasé about dealing with people from Norway because they're, they're already there. So... Yes, Ross. It's... That um, it was a joke. All right, we're doing a new thing with this podcast... Or with this ransom. And uh, at the base level, it's going to be set... The goal will be set on Kickstarter for $1,250. And that will really... And with that... I will create the base Killsplosion RPG, which will be illustrated by Ian Moody and Violet Kirk. If you go to the Kickstarter page, you can see art for it. It's guess, good stuff, episode. yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, people being defenestrated and shot and stabbed, <laughs> and guys punching alligators and all kinds of great stuff. So cars um, blowing up. But that's at twelve fifty now. Fifteen, and we, we what we'll do is if we go above certain goal, at, past that that minimum goal, we'll do additional things for you guys. Uh, $1,500, I'll do uh, creator's commentary. Uh, you can actually embed audio files and PDFs. So uh, there will be a little designer commentary for all this. I'll talk about the playtesting, uh, some inside notes and stuff like that. So that'll be fun. Um, and then for $2,000, if we get to $2,000, I'll create an expansion for it uh, called Zombies Versus Humans, which will be a zombie apocalypse version of Kill Splosion, where you can play as a human survivor or as an intelligent zombie. Um, and then, again, fight to the death. Uh, the zombies, of course, will have zombie abilities, and the humans will have the ability to scavenge and improvise new weapons, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like in Dead Rising 2 or in Dead Island. So, uh, all kinds of creative mayhem. Um but then at $2,500, and this is the one that I think I'm really looking forward to, and I really hope you guys uh, can come through because I think it'll be really fun, is we will get a video camera, a, a small video camera, HD, because the one I have right now is SD. It's kind of old and, you know, kind of bulky. and So we'll get a small HD camera, and we'll start shooting RPPR video projects on a regular basis. The first one we're going to do will be us playing Artemis Spaceship Simulator in costume. Now, uh, Artemis Spaceship Simulator is... A land game where every computer is set up as a con- as a station on a starship, so like there's weapons engineering uh navigation communication. Kind of, yeah communication that kind of thing, and then one person just plays the commander and just tells the other people what to do. he doesn't even have a computer, he just looks at a project a screen of what's going on and tells every it tries to keep everything, so we'll each have a costume I'll use a robot costume I have from Zombies of the World, the web series. Uh, Tom, you you said you had a costume or you're gonna get a costume.
1: I'm gonna put one together, yeah.
0: Okay, uh, and all the other people have figured, kind of figured out what they. You know, I know Thad has a Rocketeer helmet uh, and some steampunk stuff. He, uh, yeah, he,
1: so you're gonna get to see my dopey face and somehow fit. Yeah, and
0: we'll be jackasses, and they'll probably be beer involved. I don't know. We'll we'll find out. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll get there when we get there, like, and I'll have the captain. We'll job take turns. Yeah, we'll take turns doing that, and then we'll also, of course, have the camera for. Uh, gaming conventions, so we can do record panels. We can do interviews with game designers, uh, demo game products wow. for you guys, uh, like board games yeah. and card I mean, games. I, actually,
1: I, it's for that interview. Is just so you know, uh, the uh, Kevin Sembietta will be at a con in in our hometown in Springfield next uh, early. Next if we year. have the video
0: camera, we might be able to get Caleb drunk enough to it, try to interview him with the camera. Because I don't think Caleb will want to do that if he's sober. I don't think he'll agree to it if he's sober. I know Caleb was listening. Like, damn it, Ross. But, yeah. uh... I mean, if you
1: want I mean, uh, and again, that might that might make it even more interesting. I know, exactly. Just Caleb, just, just Caleb... Just, like, maybe you can tell me the answer to this question I have. It's yeah. been... I've been thinking about it for why a while. Why does climbing
0: have two percentages? One for going up and one for going down. And why is it easier to go
1: da- up than down?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, that... Just because repelling was hard for you once doesn't mean it should work for... Yeah, anyways. Um... So that that that's and then uh, uh, for five thousand dollars, I don't know if we'll get this, but I, I put it up there. Uh, I will do a killsplosion live action short film. I know actors and special effects people in Springfield. Uh, people who can do squibs. People who can do pyrotechnic explosions. Um, and we, if I have five thousand dollars to throw around, if I you know use a few thousand dollars, we can get I can get real actors, not just the RPPR group, uh, to shoot each other, have squibs, have explosions, have a lot of fun blowing shit up. Then again, um, we might actually throw in them just to be the people that get shot. yeah, and uh, we'll get DVDs out to the people contribute in that point. Uh, and actually, yeah, we'll, we'll do a lot of stuff for you guys. And then at ten thousand dollars, we'll do a 90 minute web series. We'll break it, it'll be 90 minutes worth of content broken up into web little 10 minutes. short, yeah, five minutes, ten minutes, something like that. And then as a kill explosion, you know, series, TV show or something like that, web series, uh, with lots more explosions. And I'll hopefully be able to get, get a car to explode. Uh, so, uh, that will be fun and entertaining, uh, and probably not safe at all, but. But it's safe. It, what the hell? Who cares? If you give us that much money, we'll do it. So I mean It will it will be I enjoyable. give no fucks about that. I'll, i I don't care. On right. this night, not a single yeah. fuck was given. Yeah, we'll get guns, we'll shoot them and it'll be fun. <laughs> Um So the twenty five hundred dollars is what the real goal I really want to do. Um but I just kinda of gauge how interested you guys are in Kill Explosion and uh we'll we'll do a lot of stuff for it. So um will we'll, I appreciate any feedback on this idea. Um We'll have the kill, the ransom's already up. Uh Go ahead and take a look and contribute if you're an AP fiend. Uh Go ahead and contribute and get for twenty bucks and get your ten episodes. Get get your fix. I know you guys are always wanting more. And like dealers, we keep supplying. I know, but we're never too much. We don't want you to OD on actual plays.
1: That uh, I've heard. There's I've heard that's actually a condition.
0: I know. You don't sleep at all, and you're just and then you see Slender Man pop up, and then uh and then you're dead. Yeah, and then you're dead or worse. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think we've done enough about news. Why don't we talk about role playing what's that stuff? What's all that about so
1: yeah it's it's like pretend with rules. I know god Jeez. that's like something
0: kids would do yep um we're now we've been talking about adventure design. we've been talking about campaign design um so since this October we're always trying to do something horror related for October uh let's talk about horror campaigns. Now, we've, at RPPR, we've only done a few campaigns. Um, the grand total now has been three. Really, you know, well, you know, there's been the New World campaign that you've heard of, and now we're doing the Wild Talents, New Arcadia, and we've been doing Eclipse Phase. Eclipse Phase is horror, but Caleb's just, you know, we've just started posting those. And um, I haven't run many horror campaigns. I've run two that I can think of off the top of my Masters
1: head. Of Masters of Nihilothotep. Masters
0: of Nihilothotep, the classic, which I actually ran before I got the Zoom H2. Uh, we're and, sorry about that we're yeah, not gonna and so, run it again well i i would be thrilled to run it again because knowing what i know now about it the problem is you remember it you you would know what to do and uh i know we have mostly ross different... are you
1: saying that i would use metagame information to get an unfair advantage yes good because you know, <laughs> otherwise you would you don't know i'm playing well.
0: someone with all the skills to do the things that we need to do and, um, uh, yeah, I'm playing a time And Let's current. just
1: say, let's just say no one's going to start playing a scientist or yeah, we're going to have a bunch of mercenaries and
0: yeah, people with really good spot hiddens, but with really good sanity and really good hand and combat skills and dodge, dodge, a- dodge maximum. Yeah. yeah. So preferably illiterate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, so how do you do a horror game? Well, but I mean, we also did the, the, the Slenderman campaign. Uh, That was a really good one. Yeah, which uh, went for succession, so it went long enough to be a campaign. Um, We didn't finish it because the players kind of everyone. No, actually, everyone, GM, players, everybody, kind of just. Well, we did. We we we. I tried to reschedule it, and I think it just kind of RJ moved away, and then we kind of got caught up doing other things. So it happens. um, Yeah, we talked about Um, that. The main uh, so there's three main things we're going to be talking about. Uh, One is the rhythm, the pacing. Uh, then the sort of the less is more and then finally logistics and by logistics i mean mostly like dealing with player getting players into the game um and especially because in horror campaigns more than any other type of campaign you have to deal with dead and you know useless characters that have been driven insane so how do you replace them how do you keep the players playing um Mm -hmm. because their player character is dead Uh, but first off pacing and rhythm now we've talked about this a lot and that's you know, a, a good game has good pacing, where you you know you have moments where you speed up, you're really intense, and then you back off for a while, and then you know I've compared it to music and film, where you have a begin, you know an opening, uh, sort of building up intensity, then a climax, then then a denouement. Um, and the thing is, that's you, your pacing has to be different. Uh, for a one a one shot has to have that kind of you know beginning, middle, and end. But a can a horror campaign you have to you have to keep it think about the session before and the session after. Uh It's like it was,
1: you know, kind of like more like a TV show than a movie.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. It is like a TV show and you have to have your own mini you know climaxes and exciting moments, but you have to back off a lot more too because you can't sustain that kind of, you know, the thing is every time you have is in horror games especially, every type of action you have in there uh hurts the PCs, you know, in some way or the other causes them resources, hit points, sanity. That's kind of the nature of the game. Yeah. I mean, nature of horror games is that you're you're it's survival, you know, you're being chipped away if you're not being outright destroyed. And
1: you can't have that going all the time.
0: Right, because then you won't have player characters and then the logistics get strained. But even if you don't like uh just annihilate them, you know, you you get chipping away at their resources. Uh, their hit points, their sanity, their money, uh, their time, uh, and the more of that you chip away, the less they'll be able to respond to your threats. So, um, like in a Dungeons and Dragon campaign you know, or a game, you know, players will have the little fight scenes. They figure out where the dungeon is. They do the overland track, and then they rest, and then they're fully healed and they're able to go in the dungeon. all spells restored. Right, and- right. And horror yeah. games, you don't have that kind of you know blank slate, you know re- resetting the clock, but. Yeah. Sleeping, sleeping at the end doesn't work. Right. But the problem is, is that you design adventures the same way in a fantasy campaign. You have, you know, minor fight, minor fight, minor fight, trap, puzzle, trap, minor fight, boss boss fight. fight. Yeah. Yeah. But if you keep that kind of pace in a horror game, they're going to by the second puzzle. They're going to be dead because they've just been they or they or they'll be so penalized. You know, one player's insane. The other person's lost an arm, and the other—the only person who knows the spell to get past the trap—is, uh, you know, hearing voices in his head. Um, their their effectiveness is uh, crippled very quickly. I think pretty much every major horror game has what they call a death spiral, mm-hmm. and the death spiral is—is is you get hit, like, um, and you get hit, and uh, you take a penalty, and then that, that makes sense. But mm. when you take that penalty you 're less effective so you 're less able to deal with the next threat you yeah. know, and that 's kind of a problem uh, because then you're like you well oh we now you finally meet Nair Lothotep. well we 're all like we die instantly, you know we can 't you know so yeah,
1: or in my case you know i I think you know, back at like Na Nyarlothot- Nahob, I remember that that 's pretty much what happened to most of our characters right it's by the time you know it's we got, you know, we keep getting hit by this, by then by that over here. By the time we actually get to the climax, like, I remember the uh, one point, my dude had been taking so many sanity hits. By the time we actually got to the big climatic, climactic moment in the mountain, uh, the instant I saw the, uh, I think it was that giant bloated lady thing.
0: Um, are you talking about Africa or Shanghai? Uh, Africa. Africa's the bloody time. Oh, no, spoiler alert for a 20-year-old yeah. campaign. 30-year-old.
1: Yeah, as soon as that happened, like I lost the last of my sanity. Yeah, and I was out. Yeah, so uh, I yeah I did not I did not have any reserves left to you know to right. do that. But scene.
0: not everybody was. And actually, call of Cthulhu is actually pretty uh, forgiving. In if you look at the rules as written, um, aside from the sanity losses, uh, there's not much in the way of permanent penalties. Um, in other games like the World of Darkness, you have pain penalties. If you're mm-hmm. injured, actually, if you're injured, you you you're become less effective uh, when you fight. Um, Clips
1: Phase does that.
0: Oh yeah, Eclipse Phase does that too. Yeah. Um, so when you have multiple injuries or traumas or whatever, yeah. you you they like as Aaron figured out. Yeah, exactly. If you have very low sanity, you can't you know be very effective. Especially when um, we need
1: when, when we really need our hacker to get past that to get right. that information. He's too crazy to do it.
0: Right. So um that's the thing you have to be aware of in a horror campaign. You have to be aware of what your players are capable of, um and you have to pace it according accordingly so um uh, that kind of leads into the next point less is more so i mean the 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 mistake again of designing a horror game a horror uh, adventure in a campaign uh the same way as you would in a d and d adventure is that you know one as we just said, characters don't bounce back it's just horror mm-hmm. games in general. Characters aren't as resilient; they don't recover as quickly, not instantly like D and D characters. Um, you have to make do less with; uh, you have to do more with less. And the best example I know—I mentioned this many times—is a fucking bird in the cage mm-hmm. um, in Caleb's game. The actual play, "Lover in the Ice." And that was the thing that freaked just the fucking freaked just the fuck out the most. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it was a fucking bird that had been in a storage shed for you know years, years, and it was alive and fine. Like that, that isn't right. Yeah, like, I'm not even going to shoot that bird. That bird will turn into a dark young and kill me. And like, mm. I, I'm scared of that bird.
1: It's tough, it kind of reminds me of stuff by Stephen King. Yeah. reasons I really like him. Like he's really good at combining you know cosmic horror with just mundane everyday life. Right. I think that's kind of uh, that's. That's, I think, the most effective way to do it. Right. Is, I mean, it's so much more effective if it's your, your the, the world you're used to
0: mm.
1: suddenly not being so normal. Right. Is much better. Right. Is, and um, I think one of the most effective ways to do it.
0: And I know a lot of people are poo-pooing the, uh, the movie, the paranormal activity movies, but that's why they're so popular. is because they're so banal, but so mm-hmm. simple, uh, yeah. that they freak you out, because it's like, that could be my home. That could be my bet. I I'm afraid that a demon's gonna molest me at night, you know, because yeah. I, when I'm sleeping. There's
1: another reason I think it's like I guess you know a little comparison to the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. You know the reason why I think paranormal activity is a lot better. What? tripod? <laughs>
0: because,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, uh,
0: fixed cameras.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've noticed that it's like suddenly. I mean, if you can see it clearly. Yeah. And I think that's why. Yeah. Yeah. It's really subtle. I've seen. I've seen a two. A, the first two. Yeah. And the reason I think it worked for me so well that I loved him so much is well first of all it's perfect crystal clear you can see exactly what's going on and it's and it's not like Cthulhu doesn't shamble into the bedroom at night right it's more like you know the sheets move for right. just some little shit like that's going to work a lot more be a lot more effective
0: right and this works in games too. I've I'm pretty much always the things that freak the players out the most in my experience whether I'm playing or running a game is the little shit. The little shit that's just like hits you hits your brain in the wrong way and just twigs something <laughs> it just you know just mm. makes you like ah, uh, like your reptilian brain size. that is bad get away from Like
1: that. In, a, you know? in like night floors. Yeah. One of my favorites is the goldfish. Okay, I want to it's uh we we find that, like we're searching this uh of course when we were apartment right, building this apartment building of course we always go at night. Yeah. Which Ross found infinitely amusing. <laughs> yeah. But we find we come across this thing it's a uh uh it was this uh, like gold pendant that was in the shape of a fish.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we found I think we did we, we found that like hidden behind a wall or something. It's like in a mouse hole. <clears throat> we oh, pulled yeah, it yeah. out. Yeah. And uh I think it was me my yeah. character like pocketed it as yeah. you know okay, I know I put it in a plastic bag as we were yeah, investigators. Yeah. bag. And later when we got out the uh plastic bag again, yeah. there's a live goldfish in there. Yeah. And for some reason, you know, well actually not for some reason, of course we knew like that was the freakiest shit that happened. Yeah. And uh or uh, if I may mention another one, uh this is another uh hotel game actually when we were doing in Tulsa. I think it was, you know you mentioned the uh there was a hive room. It's basically we were in a hotel room and we just kept hearing this buzzing sound. Yeah. And we never glimpsed it. Yeah. But it was it was through a very through a very unfortunate series of successful idea rolls that we suddenly realized that at first like you know Aaron felt something drip on his head and you know of course it's it's supposed to be blood by by most standards of right, form, right. But, it, but he touches first... it and it was sticky and, like it was honey yeah and we never saw it we actually we saw like a couple of bees flying around but we suddenly realized be, behind these very thin walls. Every inch of it was like a giant, like, beehive honeycomb. Yeah. And if we made more, and every noise we made antagonized the more. And it was that to me. We, we had some scenes like some imminent danger, but that was the one just we are, you know, like, trying so hard to avoid making any fucking noise. Like, I mean, we were acting out, us just trying to, just, okay, like, we're doing, like, and we are being very quiet. And Ross. Ross is a son of a bitch saying, okay, make a Dex time 3 check. Fuck you! <laughs> yeah. But we never, ever saw what was behind the walls. Yeah. Because we didn't have to. Yeah. It's shit like, I mean, if we if the walls had actually just been removed and suddenly we saw the honeycombs, it would have been less. Right. But the fact that we never saw them was even worse. Yeah. That's always going to be something that sticks out in my mind. I
0: actually remember I ran that same scenario for a group of people over Skype, and I'll post that as one of the preview APs. <coughs> Because uh, I don't think we recorded the one at the hotel, uh, the one we played, uh, um, I don't know, I thought we did we had a recorder, Redid? Yeah, okay. I think we did yeah, I'll look through it maybe i'll may, if I do I'll find both then I'll again it might have been on maybe mi- you get both guys. maybe you guys get both maybe you get eleven APs. oh yeah. man, I know we'll do that um I'll look it up because I thought we didn't record it uh um, might so I haven't th- looked so yeah. it might it might have been on mine uh okay, Well, look for it we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll 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 get to the bottom of this mystery, but the point remains the same um. Now this isn't to say that big everything has to be mundane because again the main thing is confounding expectations mm-hmm. you know uh, it, when you violate <laughs> the player's expectations in a really unnatural way that's what really freaks people out gets them scared um, and people are more their expectations are much more concrete much more real for things they're familiar with mm-hmm. you know if you say like oh. You're on Mars And then suddenly The Martian soil Is Brown And you're like Oh okay well, What does that mean and Like you're not confused You're like yeah, It's black soil You no, like, like, no
1: but actually I think But if you saw like A single flower Growing from the Martian soil Cause
0: you know That, that shit Cause you're at least Familiar with that But like you're, If you're not Some mm-hmm. sort of scientist Who's intimately familiar With the color The mm-hmm. soil You know You're not a NASA yeah. scientist Like oh my god It's black That means blah 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 Something like,
1: shit but like I you said, imagine like a bright red rose yeah, yeah. growing
0: from the Martian soil, yeah, or something a sunflower. like that. Like yeah. a sunflower would be even worse because it's more contrasting. <laughs> like, what the fuck is a sunflower doing on Mars? You know, that, that would be freaky, yeah. Um, or an eclipse phase that would be called Tuesday because, <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, eclipse phase, how I love thee. Um, so. But the, big moments are still still have a thing because uh, again if you if you do use the mundane stuff too much then players will begin to expect that. And in fact one of the shout outs I'm gonna mention later on is uh, this music video called Fantasy that oh, has yeah. freaked like Thad and Caleb and Aaron like I really it. the fucking out. Yeah, I know you love it. I loved it too. I thought it was great. Um an RPPR listener sent it in to me. So thanks, listener. Um You
1: made RPPR a better podcast. I know,
0: right? It's pretty great. Um <laughs> so I, mean, yeah, I, I I yeah
1: it starts yeah. out
0: just well, we don't I, want to spoil no. it all, you need to watch it. I'm not gonna say anything about it, but it's it has a great a big moment in it in the end, and that's perfect, so you need to have the big moments in there, and that means that's the shit that like you know does the one d ten one d one hundred sanity loss, but I think the thing about that is it's punctuation, you know like even in in classical music, you know you have the big moments you know.
1: Like the 1812 Overture, yeah,
0: exactly. Well, not the, that's a continuous thing, but you you know, you know, Beethoven's building up to a crescendo, and then it peaks, and then it drops off. It doesn't mm-hmm. stay, you know, you know, at the 1812 Overture forever. It it sort of builds up, and yeah. then it stops, and then you know, eases off, uh, well, or goes silent. The Ode to Joy does that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there you go. Uh, so you need to think about that kind of uh, pacing. So yeah, use and also that to be very sparing. It's not a big moment if you use it frequently. Um, I know in this, in for example, in the our not horror, but in our Wild Towns campaign, there's going to be a big moment, a big whole fucking you know game, yeah, uh, session. Uh, but that's because the rest of the campaign's been kind of low key in the sense of like street level. Yes, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, so you you have to be very sparing about those kind of things, and you have to think about what's gonna, uh, uh, pl- you know, be uh more effective than not so um i know in mass and i i mean those are kind of written out but they're kind of like um written into the campaign and they're kind of like you, you it takes a while to get to the big moments like in egypt and in af in egypt and in kenya um uh, there are big moments in there but you don't just start out with that you have to do a lot of fucking investigation Well, like new york is those. new
1: york it's pretty much just cultists there right
0: Right, right, and that's the beginning of the campaign. And that's, you know, you know, investigation, fight scene, action scene.
1: And of course, in London, you murder a woman with a cane.
0: Well, no, Tom, that was you. That's not in the campaign. That was... You. It should be. No, well, it's... You, you You just left your own little mark in history then, so...
1: And I, I am eternally proud of that. Yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> um, Which means it would actually be ironic if I went into a tea shop now.
0: Yeah, it would be. Um yeah it would be so uh and that kind of goes into our next point uh, again logistics and by logistics i mean you need to plan for player death and or insanity uh you need to think about again as we mentioned horror games pcs um are basically going down a death spiral from the beginning to the end they're not gonna you 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 don't it wouldn't be really horror if the player's in the game more powerful and a better position than they started that's not the point i mean like even in friday the 13th when you have the last girl and she kills jason she's still bloodied all her friends are dead she's traumatized but she's alive but she survived that's what she's grateful for she lived that's it Mm -hmm. her world her life sucks now but she's alive and you know great horror games are based on those kind of premises um So you kind of have to think about the logistics of like, well, PCs are, you know, you have, and again, this might contradict the idea that you have to have big moments. Well, if the players aren't able to face it, you know, um, there's the other option of them becoming more desperate, using more and more desperate solutions um you know at first off they'll be like you know i'm law-abiding citizen then i'm like by
1: the time it's over
0: by the time well no it, it kind of becomes like well i'm g- gonna get a gun i'm gonna start carrying it around with me and then like i'm gonna use the gun i'm yeah. well no i'm gonna like i'm gonna break it in her first i'm gonna steal then i'm gonna you know break it then i'm gonna uh, start stalking people then i'm gonna threaten people then i'm gonna bribe people then i'm gonna fucking get illegal guns and then I'm going to start shooting people and murdering people. The player he Starts making uh, more and more desperate choices. You,
1: you ever seen uh, the remake of The Hills Have Eyes? Yeah, the the, the, uh, the liberal guy? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much that's pretty much the way he starts. Yeah, exactly. By the time the movie's over, he's like gleefully killing you know the m- right. mutants in the desert. Right, exactly. And, and, of course, by the end, yeah, he's yeah, he's able to kill now, but he's a shadow of who he used to be.
0: Right, and that's how horror games are. So you have to think about how you want to... You have to think about this well in advance. Like, at what point... You have to keep in mind what the players can do, what their characters are capable of doing, um, and what kind of choices they're going to use to compensate that, what kind of shortcuts they're going to take in order to stay in the game. uh, And then, I mean, they, they, there will be chances. Like, for example, the character... Mechanically, would actually be more powerful than he, than what he started with because he'll have gained some experience, mm. he'll have some weapon skills, he'll have you know made some sanity checks, he'll be resistant to violent you know sand you know losing sa- uh, sand loss through violence or whatever. Uh, so you know there there's that. Uh, um, you ever seen someone with a thousand yard stare though? Yeah, exactly. Like um, that's you now. Sorry. So you have to you, know, you have to think about these kind of logistics and sort of plan out. Like at this like if you started at ten or even an eight those player those characters are gonna destruct pretty soon. And then you have to start thinking about, well, do I want to replace them? Like another thing is you can do a horror campaign without player death and insanity. You like I did a very meat grinder campaign where characters were just tossed in and chewed up by it. Mm. You don't have to do that. You can do a great horror game where it's very slow and very methodical and very like you know, more ominous than threatening. Um now uh, Tatters of the King for Call of Cthulhu is like that. That's a 1920s campaign. I haven't run it yet, but I've read through it. And it's it's dangerous, but unless you do really stupid things, your characters could actually, you know, someone from the beginning could last all the way to the end. Um, and certainly if you do games like Fear, Itse- or Fear Self or um, uh, Little Fears, mm-hmm. uh, where you have kids doing it. I mean, that's that would be more like Goosebumps and something like that. Um, but... If you do, if you are running a campaign where players are going to be, you know, die on a regular basis, where it's, there's a lot of combat, there's a lot of violence, and there's a lot of insanity, how are you going to get new players in the game? And how are you going to get those player characters, I mean, new player characters in the game? And how are you going to get them invested in it? Um, you know, Mass and I Tepp, had the uh, suggested diaries and sort of up, mm-hmm. but I kind of created my own little organization to... Funnel new player characters in. It worked. So, yeah.
1: well, and there's, well, also to help, There's always someone from the original group still there.
0: Yeah. There so, was some continuity. Um, I don't know if anybody from the beginning of the campaign lasted all the way no, to the end. No, no yeah, one did. Yeah. Uh, I so, mean, I,
1: I never lost anyone through violence. It was always sanity. Right. Then again, my but, first guy became a major recurring NPC. Right,
0: right. Um, so you had that, uh, but you kind of have to think about, um, you know, what players are going to lose you know so you that's kind of like again with the less is more thing you don't need as much as you think you will um it, it, again it's also remember you have to think of it from the player's point of view you're you might be like frustrated a gm because you're like oh i'm just you know i have one little poltergeist that's you know throwing dishes at them and have that for three session. You're like, God damn it. This is just weak. I should throw in some zombies and a werewolf. And, but the player's like, God damn, but what is throwing shit at us? Yeah. Oh God, what's going on? Is it going to possess this mess? You know, like you don't know what the players are experiencing. Um, necessarily your perception may be different from that. So, um, you don't need to throw, I mean, it, you, you need to take your cues from what the players actually do or responding. If, uh, for example, um the players are you know really aggressive really violent you know really Mm -hmm. like they don't give a fuck about anything then you've been too lenient on them in some ways they they realize their actions don't have much consequences you know if they can if they can push around cops and fbi agents that's because they don't aren't afraid of them so you need to like if that's fine with you that's fine with you i mean that's fine like aaron
1: and bryson springs yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> I mean, he was just role playing that, which uh, was and, fine. And yeah, so was I. Yeah, exactly. Um, because you were the only federal agent there, so I was just player over on player stuff. So, um, but if the NPCs in a campaign were doing that, you know, then like, well, I mean, that, that's the kind of campaign you're running. But if so, the players are being too. If you feel they're too aggressive, that means you've been too uh, uh, permissive with them, I guess. Um, now, on the other hand, if they're too cautious. That's because they've been getting smacked around so much that they can't do much, you know. Like why the fuck would I open that door? Yeah, why would I open that door? Why would I read that book? Why would I talk to that person? Why would I eat that sandwich? You know?
1: Well, the sandwich you should always be wary of, wary of. I
0: know, exactly. Who made that sandwich? I didn't make that like, sandwich.
1: and why And is if it I did make
0: that sandwich, was I being mind controlled while I was making that sandwich? I just didn't know I was being like, mind controlled.
1: What's in that sandwich?
0: Exactly. How do I know? I didn't see the pig being slaughtered. I don't know if that's really ham or if that ham's been poisoned, so
1: or, what's the expiration date?
0: Exactly. There's so many things. So, um, so if you, and if your players are dawdling, uh, then perhaps they don't have enough uh, information to progress forward, for example. You know, if you like, well, what should we do? Well, I don't know what we should do because, you know, we have, uh, you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: well, actually, that's why I, I like the Call of Cthulhu system because just the, make it, you can make have to make an idea check. Yeah. If things, if you really get stalled.
0: Right. So and uh, of
1: course, and it's it's a son of a bitch when you everyone fails their spot hidden for this, the clue they really need, to right, find. right? Which is
0: what the gumshoe system is all about: mm-hmm. uh, interpreting the clues rather than rolling to see if you get them in the first place. Um, so every type of player, you know, player behavior is based on what you you give them. You know, they respond to stimulus. So if you're if they're responding, if they're acting in a way you don't like, then you have to change the stimulus. I mean, it's kind of basic. You know, causality right yeah. there. Um, so in a horror game, if you have to think about what your own goals as a GM is, there how scary do you want to make it? I know your group isn't as hardcore as yours. So if you're doing a horror game for your group, you know, mm-hmm. you know Tom or Aaron and David and Jake or whatever, um, yeah, I know. Well, how would you do it? Like, well,
1: actually, uh, okay, I ran one game on Halloween, and I can clearly tell most of them have never played never played in an actual horror game. And actually, I had them all, they were, it was, it was all members of a, uh, uh, they were mem- like, they were a, a mafia crew. Yeah. So everyone had a gun. Yeah. And I did that mainly so they would, uh like, well, well at least we're all armed, because they, they don't like to play normal people. They kind of like to you know, like to play the badasses. Right. So that way, I can, at first I just kind of threw them off, because, like, well, you're, a, like, you're members of a mafia crew. He's got a, you know, you've got guns. But then, you know, they they were going to, you know, to recover a package of drugs in this really weird Louisiana town. Yeah. And it's, you know, turned out to be kind of a a Innsmouth situation. And they turned on... I I was just throwing basic tropes of horror at them, and they had never experienced it before in a game. And also... um, well, okay. It was also it didn't. It also was. It helped that Aaron, one of the players. I get. I made pre gens. One of them was an undercover FBI agent. Right. And uh, Aaron show, got the one that was the undercover FBI agent. And so it's I did. It he started everything. He started the whole group getting off in a tizzy just by, you know, it was time for him to check in with his handler. So he said, "I'm gonna go outside make a phone call. No one follow me." <laughs> so at that point they all suspected him so the group i been immediately group cohesion just faded right and when i then when i started throwing you know it was i once i started small it was the like the town you know the town sheriff you know, to say they like you know the, slightly weird a little weird looking but but of course these were player characters and we have guns right so they bring the whole town down upon them <laughs> they just shot the sheriff no, but they're like it's like it's like fuck you, lawman, you know that kind of thing.
0: <laughs> right. So your law, well, your law, well, they were being aggressive because they thought they could get away with it.
1: And suddenly the uh, and the sheriff, I me, mean, the sheriff, never did lay a finger. Just said like, you know, a lot of people just disappear in these parts. It's crazy. And then the townsfolk that were much further along started showing up. I gotcha. And that they chased them out of town because. They didn't seem to care that they had guns, right, and finally, they were all lost I mean, they, they finally fled the town, but, and none of the, but these were like New Jersey mafia guys who had never even seen the forest, much less a swamp. So I basically this swamp in itself was part of it because there was like just natural horror, you know problems, boats they weren't familiar operating. One survived <laughs> and a mon- monsters didn't kill any of them. The swamp yeah. did, or they killed each other. Nice. How did Aaron die? Uh, they figured out. They very quickly figured out he was an undercover FBI agent. Aww. And uh, actually, it was actually uh, Andy, my friend from who moved to Seattle, was playing the one that survived. And uh, like, so a townsfolk that it was. I was. It was uh, alligators instead of fish. Was my model for these monsters. Right. One who had fully changed. Basically, he uh, Andy just shot Aaron in the knee. Yeah, and left him to this thing to devour while he got away. Ah, uh, was he the one who made it? He was the only, Andy was the only one who made it. <laughs> um, but of course he, you know, I I can I kind of I I'd, I'd make I had a home- you meant
0: this as a one shot though this yeah. wasn't
1: going to be a campaign, um, but it was like the one time of running horror for a brand new group, right? And uh, but I was I was I thought I might I might do this as a... you know, I might I might do this as a few more sessions, yeah. But uh, that didn't ever came to pass.
0: Well, I mean, the thing is, um, yeah, uh, and I could see how that, uh, your group is obviously, you know, they, they know what they want, and they, they, the horror isn't part of that, because again, they, Death Spiral and all that other stuff, but um, for example, horror, as we mentioned, horror doesn't have to be that high fatality kind of grisly sort of thing. For example, Ghostbusters is technically horror, mm-hmm. so if you They you're, throw in a lot of humor. Right. If you wanted to do a, like a Ghostbusters Incorporated campaign, how would you pitch that to them, and how would you... Uh, get them interested in that. So, as a thought exercise,
1: yeah. Actually, there was I, there was a multi part thing I really wanted to do. Yeah, that I was. I, I'm try I'm going to convince them to do this Halloween or yeah. soon is uh actually doing like you know like the ghost hunters. Yeah, yeah. Basically, they're members of a group like that. Yeah, and actually, and the game is actually having them encounter a place that really is right. It does have something hidden in it that's bad. But of course, you know, they're so used to just, you know, like trying to do like, like, oh, what was that? Right, right. To over exaggerate things. So then shit really starts happening. Right,
0: right, right. So So, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I'd like to find out how that works out whenever you uh, play that, Uh, run that, sorry, for them. Um, because again, that, that sounds like it would be a good way to figure out like, how, how would you set the logistics up for that? How would you get them involved in that? And how grisly, how, you know, fatal is that going to be for the player characters? You know, it's well, gonna be well if I was, like, if
1: I was going to, you know, the way I'd set it up, logistically how to bring in other, you know, other, uh, players if mm-hmm. they die is you now that, I mean, I was kind of thinking, that, yeah, just, they were other members of the group saying that, uh, like, like, we're really on some, onto something here. I think we're going to need some. We're have Some ex- extra tech or some camera guys.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though. It doesn't. I mean, the ghost hunter things. Even if it is a real haunted house, doesn't sound. I mean, it's not going to be like they're going to th- be throwing butcher knives into people's skulls or stuff like that. I mean, it's going to be more. Well, I mean, you tell okay, me. Okay.
1: Um, well, okay. I kind of based it. I based a little of it off of. You remember the movie uh, Rose Matter?
0: Rose Matter?
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's a Stephen King story. Okay. But it. it's like it's a haunted house that. It's a huge, this huge house that was built kind of weird.
0: What's it called? I thought it was was Rose
1: Rose Matter.
0: Okay, as an
1: M A D D E R. Uh, I oh
0: Matter. I yeah, I think. Yeah,
1: it's uh, and um like the guy like men who go into the house tend to end up just dead. Like yeah, like they suddenly fall off a balcony or right. It's something that always looks like an accident. Yeah, and women just they wander into a room and then just disappear. Right. And it's so it's easy to get lost. And if you get lost by yourself, no one ever finds you. Right. It's gonna be along the lines of that. I gotcha. And I'm kind of thinking, uh, I don't know. I'm actually kind of thinking making it an old old, uh, hospital or something like that. Okay. But it's it's one of those places that it's not so it's not that you end up grisly dead. It's if you're not if you're like if they don't figure out that you if unless you're in pairs if you just wander off by yourself
0: something you're you're going to vanish. Okay. So that's going to be very fa- very very high probability that'll happen. So
1: and uh and also there is something like there is like and I'm also going to base I also based a little bit off of uh the remake of House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. Which is like there's actually something there is something really horrible locked away that if you open right. You
0: and if you unless you can get out of
1: the house, you're you're gone.
0: Right. So
1: stuff along those lines
0: okay will be interesting, so are you actually going to run those?
1: Yes, and
0: um, also I'm going to use my Zoom h two to record them. Well, we we'll look forward to hearing from that Tom so uh, uh, so yeah, hopefully this will give you guys some <laughs> ideas on how to run your horror campaigns. If you have experience running horror campaigns, uh, if you want some more advice, you know uh, feedback is appreciated. Uh, give us your comments uh, on here on the website or on the forums. Uh, we're on the Facebook group. We have a Facebook group and we talk and stuff like that. It's pretty killer. On, I'm on Twitter too. I'm on, we're on steam. Jeez. Where are we not? We're our presence uh, is everywhere. We don't have telegraph and we don't have a ham radio. So, uh,
1: actually, uh, um, actually my grandparents have a ham radio. We can, well, yeah, but that. We're,
0: you're not manning it, Tom. You don't yet be, yet. Oh, okay. I see. We don't have a semaphore station set up.
1: We need our own number station.
0: We do need a number station. You know, it's just us, someone rolling a 20 over again. <laughs> so instead Seven, of 7, like, 18, it, It's five, It's reading numbers, but between each one, there's the sound of a rolling dice. Exactly. Yeah, 13, 13, 13. <laughs> oh my God, guys, you got to take a look at this. I keep rolling 13s, you know. <laughs> like, worst number station ever. <laughs> okay, so. And
1: occasionally the sound of like, and a... Mm, all of them, mm. yeah, uh, yeah, Cheetos, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Cheetos and Mountain Dew. Um,
1: <laughs> occasionally, like, oh, I, I gotta go, t- I gotta go pee, guys.
0: Yeah, uh, Tom does not have a letter or a list or anything of that nature. Hey,
1: hey, I have a good reason for that. Yeah,
0: I'm sure you do.
1: So. I've been trying to teach my 85 year old grandmother how to use a computer and the internet,
0: and she's not on Twitter yet. So you have failed. No, she's not on Twitter yet, Ross. <laughs> also, she's deaf. I know. Well, Twitter, you don't have to be here to be on Twitter. Yeah, I have to. It's I 140 have, I, characters or less. I time.
1: have to explain it to her how it works, Ross. You can write
0: things. Yes, I can
1: write things, Ross.
0: I know. Anyways... Um Oh, we did mention uh, uh, one last bit before we go back to uh, our shout outs and anecdote. Uh, Tom will be writing things for The Kill Explosion. Yes, uh, I will. He'll be writing short stories for it uh, to introduce each chapter. So if you want to get some Tom Church uh, brand fiction of action and explosions with, my, and with violence, my, with
1: my vast mental vault of copious action movies,
0: amounts of encyclopedic knowledge of action movies, uh, you should sign up now. Um, so yeah uh anyways uh, when we come back we will have shout outs and anecdotes
2: and get some rest.
0: Ross wants you to buy his book. Yes. Uh, the P- Again, as I mentioned, <coughs> Zombies of the World, $2.99 for PDF, full color PDF, or Kindle, which is also in color. Of course, you don't have a you color know, Kindle. Could,
1: get... Yeah, $2.99. You can't even get two 20 ounce bottles of soda. For, for that I know. Li- for that little
0: $2.99. Delivered to you instantly via the magic of the internet. So you,
1: you will not only be getting a good product, you will be using the internet. I know. I mean, you'll be with the 21st century. It's
0: $2.99. I'm just shocked that, you know.
1: Seriously, I came in on Ross today. He was just rocking back and forth in his chair trying to figure out how every people Every could...
0: zombie, I mean, there are millions of zombies in the world. Why haven't they all bought it yet?
1: Right. Anyways, Have any zombies bought your book, Ross? I hope so. You, it would be great if someone you know, someone actually told you, like, I, like to, I, I liked your
0: book and I am a zombie. I'd be like, thank you, sir. That means a lot because you are the source material and that means I was true to your story. I must think that
1: you know most if there are zombies out there, they must really love this resurgence of, f- f- you know, fame and popularity they have.
0: Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Um, Perhaps
1: they can come out of the closet then.
0: Yeah, the the grave. Oh, the grave. Yeah. Uh, anyways, first shout out. Uh, I am going uh, speaking of zombies. Um, ZNA another uh, <laughs> Kindle ebook, uh, ninety nine cents. Uh, zombie survival horror, pretty standard. The guy uh, has gotten out of the city. Uh, continuation of the first ZNA. Uh, origin and uh, follows the same character as he meets up with other survivors. And of course uh, things are not as they seem and there's danger and zombies. Yeah. He doesn't and... automatically get, it's...
1: he doesn't automatically get submarine batteries and shit. To start. No,
0: no. Although he did have a stockpile of guns and ammo, but he set them on fire to escape.
1: And he was, so he wasn't a fire, fighter pilot.
0: No, he wasn't a fighter pilot. He was a delivery man.
1: And uh, the government. He was,
0: yeah, you should read ZNA Tom. The guy was a delivery man. He delivered things in a truck. Wow. Well,
1: yeah. I delivered something in a shitty HHR, but
0: right, you'd
1: well, better than me. I know. And uh, so, and the government doesn't destroy its own infrastructure in the process.
0: Oh my god, that novel. I'm uh, sorry. I I don't remember what it was called, but it was really bad. It was a really day bad. by
1: day apocalypse.
0: Why well, you remember that? Well, you gave it to me. Oh, did I give it give it to you? I yeah, like, I get think this you, away from me.
1: I, well, no, actually, no, I think yeah, it was more uh, not so much. Hey, Ron, hey, Tom, I'd like you to read this and yeah. you know check it out. It's more like it was like would you like to would you like to get this out of my possession, please?
0: Yeah, yeah, we're not recommending that because that that was a piece of shit novel. Anyway, um, well, it was just it was not a piece of shit. It was just eh, dull, mediocre. Um, ZNA is ninety nine cents. Is better than that, and it's a quicker read. Uh, twenty thousand words or so. So uh, yeah, ZNA Journey. Uh, Tom, you had yep.
1: Uh, actually, I have uh, three movies, but they all they're all gonna be this on the same one because they're all related. Yeah, I recently I, I purchased. Uh, well. The new director's cut of The Thing, the special edition of that, I bought John Carpenter's uh, uh, Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness, which is basically his uh, Apocalypse trilogy. Right. And uh, all three are really good movies. Well, The Thing, if you don't like The Thing, there's something very wrong with you.
0: Yeah, you you can't really call yourself a horror fan. If if you you don't like it. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ! What the fuck? What? What's yeah. wrong with you?
1: Prince of Darkness, uh, is you you showed me this one at, the first time. Yeah, and it's I mean it's it's a it's a weird John Carpenter movie, but it's really good.
0: DJ Sh- Shadow samples it in introducing. Yeah, so and of course, in the mouth. What of more Ma- do you need? And to in the
1: mouth of Madness is some really great Lovecraft stuff.
0: Oh yeah, Sam Neil. In fact,
1: too. he he uses the names of some of Lovecraft's characters mm-hmm. in it he does like you know the miss it's mrs pickman runs the hotel
0: to be fair i use lovecraftian names too in zombies of the world yes i've referenced pickman mm-hmm. dr herbert west reanimator and Miskatonic university so you gotta love it 2.99
1: but i mean all three of those movies together <laughs> i mean those are three really those are like john carpenter at his you've
0: best you've got no argument for me uh, and speaking of Lovecraftian. uh the song Fantasy by Die, D-Y-E, a French DJ a music producer. This is an electro song. Uh, that's the subgenre within electronica for all you elitist uh, music nerds. Um, the music video, I'm going to link to the U- YouTube music video. It's on it iTunes. It needs to be seen. The song itself is on iTunes. Um, and the, yeah, the music video itself is epic. And that's all I want to say. Yeah, and I think I, I gave it away by linking it to Love so. But it certain when you start watching it, you're gonna be like, the fuck are you talking about? That this is totally not Lovecrafting at all. It, this it, is oh like, my god, there no, it, it is. Uh, it, oh my god, something happened. Something happens. Uh it scared it traumatized Aaron, so
1: Yeah, and uh I loved it, so that should also tell you stuff.
0: Yeah. You had another one? Uh Wait, you, uh, you, Patton Oswalt. Right? Yeah, Patton Oswalt, my
1: favorite guy, has a new de- uh, new de- CD out. It's called, uh, Finest Hour. Yeah. It's, uh, brand new stuff, just came out recently. And, well, if you don't like Patton Oswalt as a comedian, you can't call yourself a comedy fan. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, you're a son of a
1: bitch. Yeah, you are a son of a bitch, and you are dead to me. <laughs> <You> <laughs> but could... if you like it, you know, I'm with you forever. Yeah. Bros forever. Uh... But yeah, it's, you know, great, you know, great comedy, and, uh, He's got some stuff in there that you would like, Ross. He mentions things you like.
0: I know he he's done it before in Zombies, Beige, Wasteland. Uh What was it, D or zombies or what, what's what topic, what tag? Uh,
1: but no, no, you can't. You're, oh, gonna, you're dis, gonna have to listen
0: to it. Dis. Yeah, that's gonna happen. That that takes time, Tom. There'll be road trips, Ross. Yeah, that's true. Um. Next up, I want to mention The Hunger Games. I know I've already mentioned this, uh, but I finished the trilogy because I would have finished it earlier, but I read all, I'm reading like three different books at once, and I'm horribly distracted and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I finished them, and they're a good read. And we are definitely going to do a one-shot of The Hunger Games uh, using the Nemesis one-roll engine set, a uh, rule set. And... Uh, I mean yeah it's it's like almost too good to be considered YA I mean it's you know young adults or whatever mm-hmm. uh the movie I'm looking forward to seeing the movie cuz that will be good and um the uh characters are well realized um and I like Katniss the main <laughs> character because uh, she was oblivious of people's basic motives. She was a total player character because she put all her <laughs> skill points into stealth and archery, and not a single fucking point into sense motive. Because she is so bad at reading other people's motives. That so, sounds delightful. It was hilarious. Um, so yeah, nice. Uh, I got yeah. one more. Yeah, uh,
1: this one's I well I know I've mentioned the nostalgia critic before. Yeah, but this is a, pre- a specific one he did because it really kind of plays into what we're doing. He was going to do a, uh, it's, it's it's his review of The Haunting. Now, he was, I think he he meant to do it as a you know, old versus new of the, you know, the old haunting versus the new haunting. Yeah. But he admitted it's no contest. The old one wins in everything. Sure. And it's, it also, it kind of goes with what we're talking about because, you know, the, it shows like, you know, the less is, this is a perfect example of why the less is more thing works. Right. As, in, as he says in the original Haunting, it's subtle and, you know, it's, You never know. You never actually see what's scaring her, and you don't. You never know if this, if it's a real ghost or if it's in her own head. And really, a really effective ghost story. The haunting is, you know, if you, I know you've seen it back in the nineties, just over the top CGI. And it's, you know, that kind of that kind of way over the top shit's just not scary. Yeah. Not to mention the acting is just god awful. (laughs) Tom Church. Critic of actors, yeah. I no. Let me say uh, no. This was so bad that even I realized, <laughs> wow, this is bad. Uh, even like even a bisexual Catherine Zeta Jones could not save that movie. As <laughs> that as he says in this review, wow. Nice. But no, give that a, give that you know give that that particular nostalgia critic a listen a listen to and a watch. It's it's really good for Halloween.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Honestly, old horror movies are a gold mine of uh really <laughs> scary shit. You think, oh, black and white. Oh, it's boring. It's slow. I'm ADD. I can't focus on more than one thing for a minute at a time because I'm a special no snowflake. Blah 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 blah. Anyways, uh, sorry, I'm just making fun of no uh, the straw man listener, whoever that well. jerk is. Uh, anyway, uh, what I want to mention is one. This, <laughs> one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my life was the original Night of the Living Dead. Because oh, yeah. I was a kid, and that was the first movie I saw with, like, like a fucking utterly depressing, soul-crushing, nihilistic ending.
1: Every single person dead.
0: Yeah, every single character in the movie fucking dies. And, like, they just... But he survived the night! Ah! Or a, And it's, it's just such a primitive yeah, movie. Or, it's, the, it's, or, like,
1: or, like, when the woman just, it just sees her brother in with the horde of zombies...
0: Well, yeah, I mean, just... And, the, or the little girl. Well, yeah, but, like, no, yeah. this the whole aesthetic, too, just, like, it's shot in this black and white, and I just saw a bad VHS copy of it, and that made it look even worse, which was better, because it's just like you're watching, like, you know, a hidden camera footage of these people. You're not even watching a movie. You're watching something that actually happened. Mm-hmm. That's what it seemed like to me. You know, you're watching, like, a surveillance camera or something, and it's just... It would just blew my mind. That was really scary. And uh, I know I mentioned this before on the show, but Night of the Hunter, oh my fucking god, is that a creepy ass movie? Yeah. Um, have you watched it by now or not? Uh, no. Yeah,
1: I, I've watched it by now. Okay.
0: Um, and there's, you know, there's the original Those Ferratu. Um, oh shit. Yeah, goddamn. F.W. Murnau, fuck you. Yeah. Seriously,
1: man. <laughs> fuck that shit.
0: So, uh, there, and this is just, you know, the tip of the iceberg for scary fucking movies that were made in, in by Psycho? Me. Uh, so yeah psycho. Uh I mean we we go on all day on that. Uh mm. I just wanted to say yeah, don't don't dismiss a movie because it's black and white and old, you know. Shit can get so scary you don't even know. Like so much scarier than today's shit. So, uh, that's just, you know, the more you know.
1: Mhm. So. Oh, and uh if I may if if you'll allow me to go off on a rant. Okay. Can I, is this involves the uh the remake of the thing yeah. or
0: the the prequel? Well, you haven't watched it yet.
1: Yeah, I have. No, you I didn't. watched it on my own.
0: I thought you said you didn't. Oh, okay. I,
1: I I didn't watch it a couple of days ago when you last asked me. Oh, okay. And um, I'm going to say, there's, the reason, there's, I'll get, well, first of all, it could never be as good as the original. Well, yeah. But, it, and the reason I, but the reason I see it is, they use CG in the, in the new one. And well, yes, yeah. CG's gotten better over right. time. But, with the thing, what I notice, I mean, it's, they're essentially basically the same movie. Yeah. But the difference is when you're dealing with practical effects in the original thing, you have to set up the shot so you, for maximum effect. So it takes real skill to set up a successful shot in the first one because you have to take the monster into account, which is actually there, and your actors. And in this one, in the new one with CGI, they don't have to do shit. It's once again having actors probably reacting to a tennis ball. And it's not the same. It's, And what's worse is you know, a monster movie... It's very hard to make a monster movie fail at least to at least be
0: entertaining mm-hmm. this one was just dull interesting it's just dull I still want to see it because I'm dying I'm I
1: really just... actually I want to see it with you now
0: yeah um I actually uh, had an idea for doing a campaign in gerbs based on the thing and here's my idea okay uh, my idea is that a flawed sample of the thing uh made it back and uh on the and put it in a remote area you know uh, an <laughs> island somewhere i hadn't decided where um and so they could somewhat contain it but what had happened was the the fire or whatever the sample was was corroded was damaged was, so they cloned the thing but it wasn't a perfect copy of it the thing mm-hmm. and what happened was uh the scientists who make it the people who make it clone three strains of the thing um like a black a red and a yellow that that's how i do it and like One strain, like the I think the red strain, was like a singular organism, be like an ultimate alien hunter killer kind of thing, Mm -hmm. intelligent but just a killer. But the thing is, it couldn't copy itself, its reproduction, in fact, it couldn't reproduce, it it, it didn't know how it reproduced and it didn't want to reproduce because it was just a selfish hunter killer. Um, so at least at the beginning of the campaign, the next one would be one, um, that could copy itself but was a, a relatively weak. The other one was like telepathic. I mean, the basic idea is that there would be different like versions of the thing with different like parts of its power Mm -hmm. set, but not the full thing. And they were all fighting each other and the players were all mixed in between them. So there's like, you know, there were people that could copy like, yeah, like the the Black Strain could copy people perfectly, but it couldn't do the other crazy shit. The other one was just crazy shit, you know, so like there's the the doppelganger type and then the the Shoggoth type and then Mm -hmm. the hunter killer type. Uh, and they were all hated each other. They all wanted to kill each other, um, and so the players were caught up in, in between those three versions of the thing. Right. Um, so the Shogus and the doppelgangers were copying and making mass numbers of each other, um, and uh, the the hunter killer was picking both of them off. Uh, and then the players were like, you know, part of the rapidly dwindling human population on the island, <laughs> trying to. Yeah, they couldn't escape. They had to find some way of stopping these things. Uh, and they could even negotiate with them. But can you trust them, you know? Uh, so, yeah. So, that was my idea for doing a thing campaign. Uh, but I never, of course, got around to doing it. Because so, I'm a horrible monster. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <coughs> uh, yeah. Uh, finally, uh, so that was my little tangent on the thing. So, and my, I, we both had tangents. We, we both did. Uh, I hope you guys like that. Uh, finally, the dedicated. Now, what is the dedicated? The dedicated is a group of servers... Uh, for various first-person shooters. I have been playing on one of their servers for the game Killing Floor. And I know i mentioned Killing Floor on this podcast before, but uh, in fact, I did a, a, when I resurrected Raillery, I, that My first episode was recorded on the dedicated. Mm-hmm. And they've changed the modded things. The thing is, I've gotten to like modded Killing Floor servers uh, a lot, particularly the dedicated, because they've raised, raised the, the, the perks from maximum level. You start at level six now, and you go all the way to 20 and you gain additional bonuses they've added a lot of new weapons um and they have a 35 player maximum on here and so the monsters they will be like 800 per round and so it becomes this either you're like you have nothing to do because like other people are killing all the monsters as soon as they appear or you're like up to your knees like oh god oh god kill the ball <laughs> kill the ball and it's it's like you're being in a uh, you know you're lar- in an army versus a larger horde of monsters, and it's great it's great fun because what I've done is I play the demo guy, and the demo guy you know his main weapon is a rocket launcher, mm-hmm. and they have the modded one called the what the fuck rocket launcher because every like there's a five percent chance your rocket will turn into a nuclear explosion. Um, okay. So like you, and then you, like, if you shoot the rocket and you think, and it doesn't explode immediately, you're like, Oh, I need to get undercover or I'll be killed by my own explosion. And then five seconds later, you know, it wipes out everything in the vicinity. Um, you just hope you hit it in the right area. So it'll actually hit the monsters. Um, and it'll create, it does the, use the, it uses the, what the fuck boom sound, the, what the beep, beep, beep boosh, you know, <laughs> nice. um, And... What I find is like my rocket launcher only have thirty shots on it, so I use the thirty up, you know, because there's eight hundred monsters, and eventually I'll run out. And then like I'll drop the gun, the rocket launcher, and then I'll look around for anyone who's died and use their weapon. Be like, oh, hey, here's a flamethrower. Oh, here's a machine gun. I'll use this because like I don't give a fuck. Because the thing is, I want to die at the end of every. I want to make sure we survive the round, but then I want to die because when you die, you come back with your three thousand bucks you you can use to get a new rocket launcher, mm-hmm. new rockets. Otherwise, you're not going to get enough money to keep going. So you, I. Always always want to die but i want to take as many monsters with me and so once i use up all the rocks i'm like i don't give a fuck anymore i'm gonna go out and kill monsters i'm gonna go oh there's a giant flesh pound i'll just throw 10 grenades at my feet and blow up and take him with me (laughs) nice because i'm an asshole so it's it's fun for me to sort of a a exercise in like creativity like hmm, what can i do to help the team out and you know because i have no fear i don't care if i live or die so
1: you don't give a fuck
0: i don't give a fuck anymore so that's that's fun um and it's also kind of zen to like just stand there in a little perch and like oh there's 10 monsters here i will aim the rocket right there and hit all of them so that's <laughs> fun and they die yeah it's nice um so if you're a killing for a player you I'll, I'll put a link up to the steam group um and uh you can check it out if you so choose 35 player maximum doop, doop, doop. delightful yeah And for the anecdote, uh, I just want to talk about uh, D&D, because I have... Why? Why would you do that? I know. It's only, like, we've been playing a lot of it. Well, not lately. Well, actually, I have. Um, Dan, you know, who is a warlock in the New World campaign, is back in town, and he has been running a 4th Ed Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Now, I'm, like, I jumped in the middle of the campaign, uh, and it's been going on for a while, so I'm not recording it, uh, but... It's, and it's also, for me, it's just kind of for relax. Ah, we're just going to do it. And honestly, we have so many episodes anyway. We're never going to get to posting a lot of the ones we already have recorded. Unless so. the bombs fall. Right, exactly. <clears throat> uh, but Next Tuesday. It's interesting because the differences in style uh, between Dan's campaign and the players there in his group uh, versus R- the RPPR group. Um, some of the players are uh, John and Katie. You will know them from the R- D&D, the best game ever. Uh, you will. Yeah. And uh, they've also been in the Santa Claus one shot of Rain. Uh, was on the RPPR main site and a few other things. Um, and two of their friends um, that haven't been on, on any RPPR. Uh, well, they're APC. missing out. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but everyone in there is... Into 4th Ed, and uh, basically very much into the rules and understanding the system, as opposed to the... Uh, so when we fight As a, opposed to the what? As opposed to the RPVR group. Yeah, uh,
1: I like. you were going to try to shorten that yeah. sentence, weren't you?
0: Yeah, I know. I was trying no. to be like, eh... Uh, no, you're not getting away with that. Yeah. Um, just to show you an example, um, I'm a monk. Uh, Katie's a warlord, and uh, John's a fighter, and then there's also a wizard and a rogue. And they'll... Uh, I'll use one of my abilities, like, oh, skip your skip your action this round, but next round, your next hit, will, if it hits, will be a critical you know, hit. And then the rogue is paying attention on my turn, and he's like, oh, okay, well, I'll use my ability on my turn to let you do sneak attack damage on your next hit. And that means that'll be maximized since you're doing a critical hit. And then, oh, the warlord's paying attention, so she'll give me a bonus to hit to make sure I hit. Yeah. teamwork.
3: Ah, oh, my
0: god. I so when I hit, No I mean we're like level 15, like I'll hit and I'll do like 70 damage with one punch and I'm like, "Ha, take that." And you're probably Ross. Yeah. What 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 the hell? I know. It's amazing. Players they, don't work together. They're they're playing, they're they're paying attention to the fighters paying attention to marking. And attacks of opportunity. <clears throat> uh, the warlord is using uh, a brash assault in order to provoke attacks of opportunity so the fighter can then use it. Uh, I ought to slap you. <laughs> we can get through two fights in a single session because uh, we just mow through the enemies down and uh, we're just. It's a You're f- making a game called Kill Splosion, Ross. <laughs> it's a finally. You are a hypocrite. Engine of destruction and it is. Just a world of difference. Now, to be are fair... Are you leaving us for them? No, because there are differences, too. For example, uh, we don't negotiate with the monsters. We don't always uh, <clears throat> set up deals with them, mortally dubious deals. Well, that... What's the point? <laughs> uh, we don't spend more time trying to betray each other. We're actually, well. I'm out. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not even
1: in the game. I'm out.
0: We're unambiguously good. We're trying to save the world from a great evil. Uh, we're ba- it's based on uh, Against the Giants, the fourth-edited version of that. So. Uh and yeah, but it's just amazing to see actual like people paying attention to things like flanking and tactics and group synergy between different classes and uh oh don't forget you have a plus two initiative bonus from my warlord bonus. Oh you have a bonus from this. Oh, okay, I'll do this. Uh and so it makes me like... I hope you're proud of yourself, Ross. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> it's it's just you've changed uh, hollywood i've changed hollywood (laughs) um i just wanted to see the difference so that when a lot of people were talking about fourth oh for this it takes forever i'm like no well if everyone pays attention even on exactly we have to pay attention
1: and damn it who
0: has time for that (laughs) you're there at the game what else are you going to do oh i know you would be texting your little uh, fan fiction buddies or whatever i don't know yeah. You are treading on sacred ground, my friend. <laughs> do not uh, force me to Yeah, I we'll
1: wouldn't do it, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: uh so that's I just wanted to bring that up to say to all you fourth Ed n- naysayers is if you actually give the game a chance with people who like tactical combat and like you know teamwork and center i tom is giving me such a face right here just like, that sounds like homework i know and see that's what's like god damn it we're we gonna have to paint the fucking barn next you know slop the pigs you know uh It. it games shouldn't be work <laughs> it's not work if you like it if you're interested like, well know. then you are my friend are fucking Combos. crazy yeah i know um I'm just... Call this... Consider this a combo breaker, okay? Oh, snap. Yeah. And with that, we will go to our sponsor. Anyways, uh, this has been RPPR episode 65. And of course, this episode has been... If you want to listen to it, Audible has it. uh, With over 85,000 titles in virtually every genre, you'll find what you're looking for. Get a free audiobook and a 14-day trial by signing up at www.audiblpodcast.com dot com slash r o l e p l a y y i n g AudiblePodcast dot com slash role playing so um uh, i'm not a spelling champion i i obviously not that. i'm just kind of slowly like eh, they have to think about it so uh, published author i
1: yeah. i'm, a, I'm a published author not a speller
0: yeah word has spell check god damn it <laughs> um so uh yeah we will, uh, this has been RPBR six sixty five. Uh, fear in the long haul. So we shall catch you all on the flip side. We'll see you next time.